We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're here. What up, everybody? Welcome to the, another episode of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man, Andreas Hale, coming at you from Blue Wire Studios in the Wynn Resort in Las Vegas. By now, hopefully you guys listened to our pro wrestling episode and our boxing episode from this week. This is our UFC episode. It's kind of light because we're talking UFC 288, recapping that. This week, we have Rosenstruck versus Almeida, main event from North Carolina, Anthony Smith versus Johnny Walker on the card. That's a, a fight I'm actually intrigued in. Very. Um, so Angela Hill versus Mackenzie Dern got moved the week, but we'll talk about that card coming up as well. Recap the whole pay-per-view, but since it's so light and a kind of a shorter show for us, I want to talk about what you're really excited about this week. And before our boxing show earlier in the week, we talked about it, so might as well talk about it on air. You're excited for Zelda this week. Yes. It's a video game week for you out here. You, shout out to Brian in the booth. You and Brian, super hype over Zelda and other video games this week. I'm embarrassed to say I still, I have it. Because when I got my Nintendo Switch, you were like, yo, you have to get Zelda. Yes. Breath, Breath of, of the, the Wild. Wild. Yes. It's still in the plastic. You, you, that's a crime. Because I'm, I'm now almost done with Pokemon. So when I travel, I've just been playing Pokemon and like, that's cool. I haven't even opened Breath of the Wild. You're fucking. My question to you, I'm looking at Brian. And, do I have to play Breath of the Wild before getting this new Zelda? I mean, I, I, I yeah. <laughs> just go. <laughs> All right, yeah. so I could just jump in and go. You could, but I think you're doing yourself a terrible disservice by not playing what is arguably the greatest video game of all time. Ocarina of Time. It's better than Ocarina of Time. That's it. That's so tough. That's it. <laughs> it's just it's better than Ocarina face. of Time. Straight face. All right, I got to play it then. Because that's my number one game ever. Yeah. Oh, it's better than Ocarina. And I think N64 is the greatest console ever because it has like three of my top five games yeah. of all no, time. No, Breath of the Wild is better than Ocarina. Wow. Yep. Yeah. All right, and I, I just have no it. I just, it's just in the plastic, so it's, I got to open it. It is truly a remarkable... Like, it's an open-world game that is, like, so open-world. Like, you have to cook. 
And it doesn't, and it's nothing that's laborious. Like, it's not like it takes you all day to do shit. Like, you can make your own weapons. Like, you beat up people with sticks. Then you can make, turn them sticks into other weapons. So you can, like, make things out of anything. You chop down trees. And all this while you're fighting and getting powers and great. Po- the Breath of the Wild is an incredible video game. It's. So I get my bow and arrow stuff? Yes. Okay. They got all kinds. Man. As long as I got my bow and arrow and my gapling. They got the telekinesis. Like, Breath of the Wild is incredible. So, Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, I've tried to avoid reading the reviews that have come out because I don't want anything spoiled. I like to be pleasantly surprised. But all I did, every review has been a 10. Um, but it says, it, they treat, one review that caught my eye in particular said, Tears of the Kingdom treats, makes Breath of the Wild feel like the beta test for Tears of the Kingdom. And I was like, okay, that's all I need to know. So it drops, as we're recording this show, it drops on the Friday. Um, and my life is kind of over because... <laughs> Busy fight weekends. You're like, oh, fuck it. We have AEW rolling to town. Uh, it's, it sucks, man, because I've been so busy, right? Like, I'm, I'm still playing the Resident Evil 4 remake. Um, trying to burn through that because it's one of my favorite games of all time. And the remake is really, really good. And then it's like Jedi Survivor just came out. I was like, all right, I got to play this. I'm still playing, like, Bayonetta 3 on my Switch. Um, I bought Octopath Traveler 2. I don't know why I did that. It's like an 80-hour game. I don't think I have oh. time for it. Then Xbox, I think Hi-Fi Rush and... Uh, MLB The Show. Man, my White Sox fucking suck. Oh, my God. Oh, in real bad. life and in the video. Yeah. <laughs> I can't it's, wait. It's, it's miserable. My Yankees play them. Um, but I'm playing MLB The Show. What else? I got a ton. There's so many games. And then it was like when Persona 5 came out on PlayStation, I had this backlog of games. It was like four. But by the time I was done playing Persona 5, it was like 15. Because the game's like 100 hours long. And they say Breath of, I mean, uh, Tears of the King is like an 80-hour game, at least. It's over. So to bring the nostalgia back in this, because Zelda is such a nostalgic franchise. And to me, it's one of the only franchises, and I'll play Breath of the Wild, but I've heard amazing things, obviously. You, Cole, everyone else. It's one of the franchises that never really got messed up. Uh, Zelda 2 sucks on Nintendo. That's so early in the game. I don't game. care. Like, it sucks. I was like, what is this? I was so my mad My son still kid. plays that. My son played that shit and had a blast. No, not the original Zelda 2. I'm pretty sure. No. The one that was like a 2D sc- side-scroller, it stinks. I think we have it like on our stupid little Nintendo. Oh, like, you know, the sucks. joints that came out. Oh, it su- sucks so bad. Fuck that game. <laughs> it sucks. Throughout time, okay, after Zelda 2, <laughs> it's been uh, a great franchise. Like, and, and they've managed to continue it and keep it hot and everything's great. I think Final Fantasy is up there. Yeah, in terms They've of had longevity, a few, misses, yes. a few misses, but not nothing egregious. But they usually always deliver. Grand Theft Auto, yeah, is delivered front to back. Metal Gear Solid, all the metal, yeah, Metal Gear games in they, there. They, they one, two, three. Yeah, Metal Gear is in there. Yeah, those um, will miss. So those are are ones where I'm like, yo, it, this franchise, yeah, pretty damn good, top to bottom. What franchise do you think they need to bring back? to really resurrect where they've gone opposite of that, where they've allowed it to fall off and they really fucked up. I just think of a game that was one of my favorite games on PlayStation 2, and then they never quite got to where it was, Twisted Metal. Oh, with the series coming out. Yeah, Twisted Metal Black is one of my favorite games because the stories in Twisted Metal Black were incredible. I got my wife to play it. And she finished it with every character. And she doesn't play video games. It's like she played that like Tetris. That's the only two games she played. But she got hooked on Twisted Metal Black. Then they put out another one on PS3 and it wasn't good. 
So if they if, with next gen consoles, I think Twisted Metal, if they brought it back, would be incredible. I have two. And I just thought of this now, but like two where I'm like, yo, I need to see these revamped. And one is like blasphemous because I know people love it. I need a better, maybe open world Metroid game. You Have you played the recent Metroids? Yeah. You didn't <laughs> like it? Metroid Prime is great. Oh, man, what is wrong with you? You like it that much. Oh, you're blind. Hence, that's the blasphemous one. People had a blast playing them. They want more. And they just did the remaster of... Was, is it it's Prime? a remaster. But it's great. Like, I played it, and I was like, I remember it on GameCube. I was like, it was great then, but yeah. it's... The, the, the quality of life improvements in the game, it makes Probably it... Probably that last time I enjoyed the Metroid oh, game was the GameCube version. Oh, it, yeah. The Metroid Prime remaster is... is mwah, it's incredible. And so. then the other one is Dynasty War. The Mushu games, like... I love... There's so many of like them. Like Dreamcast, like early Dynasty War. Yeah, those games... I mean, they make so many of them, right? Like, they made a Persona one. They made a... Uh, Fire Emblem one. It's like you're just beating like thousands was, of people yeah. on, the, on the screen. You're getting like 8,000 hit combos. I need, it. I need it to make sense. Well, they never made... The, game, the story never mattered. It was like, oh, you're going to take over my kingdom? Yeah. And here's I'm fucking eight, up your whole army. Yeah, here's 8,000 people you're going to fight at once. All right. It's phenomenal. 7,500-person hit combo. It's like these games <laughs> that, are ridiculous. There's a Zelda one that was great. Um, not Hyrule. Was it Hyrule Warriors? I don't fucking remember. I think so. I played the shit out of it. Because <laughs> it, it was fun. Like, that one in particular yeah. was fun. But those Dynasty Warrior games, it's the I same need, rinse and repeat. a good one. Well, yeah, they've never been great. Where, like, where you can do what you do with Zelda now in open world stories and make it make sense with that. Like, there's little aspects of Dynasty Warriors that you can put in to take it to another level. Like you just said, you can cook. You can make your own weapons. You can do... You can put stuff in between. Well, fending off whole armies. Yeah, you can put stuff in between the 8,000 army battles to really fledge that out. I don't even know. I, I need to read how they came up with this idea. They was like, all right, we're going to stick one man in this battle. He's got one weapon. And then we're going to just throw everybody, everybody at him. He's just going to hit them all at once. I see. That's why I need multiple weapons. I need to be able to have my long-ass sword on my horse, but then also take out a bow and arrow and just fuck people up. Like, I need... For them to really flesh that out. And I need a story. So after I run through your whole fucking army, I need to just set up a campsite and cook and reflect on my battle. Man, see this. Like, I need a story within it. And I feel like that's, that's what's missing in those games. So um, I know they tried to redo Shadow of Colossus. Well, they just did a remaster. They just remastered. Which was really good. Was it? Yes. It's, I mean... I know people love the original. Yeah, so it's just it's just a better looking version of the same. Okay, game. so like, I, I'm not putting that in the category, but there's some no. like yeah, there's some where I wish Zelda has evolved with yes the tech of all games as they've gone through. It's like the Mario games. Yes, and, and you perfectly evolve with the times, but keep that initial character strong. What makes the game great is still in there, but you continuously evolve. Other franchises live off the remasters or does do the same thing. And I don't feel like they really evolve. There was some game. I think I just got it on game pass. Cause I saw you downloading it because <laughs> it pops up. Your little caricature pops up oh. all the time. It looks like Tenchu, but it's like a ninja stealth game. I what, just downloaded it. No, it's, I'll find it, but it's like, it's on game pass and that shit is phenomenal. I played it. I, can't I almost got hooked on it. 
And Tenshu was my shit back. Yo, uh, dude, dude, Game Pass is like, it's crack. If I was a kid, <laughs> I, I'd be so high right now because it's like, look at all these games and I can play them all. And me, I, I have a problem. I have tunnel vision when I play a game. It's very difficult for me to play more than one game at once on a console. So I, that's why I have three consoles and I play a different game on each console. Facts. So it's like I play Resident, like Resident Evil 4 Remaster on this console. I just finished Fire Emblem Engaged on Switch. So now I'm going back to play, try to finish Bayonetta before Zelda comes out, which is not happening. And then on my Xbox, I went back and played Resident Evil 2, which is great. But you look at Game Pass, you're like, I haven't finished the Hitman series. And I really want to play it. That shit's called Wulong Fallen Dynasty. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Those, <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, yo, that shit is phenomenal. The, I got hooked so much. Those so games quick. are fucking hard. <laughs> oh, it's stupid hard. And I love, I love a hard video game. Yeah. Do not get me wrong. But Wulong has this ridiculous learning curve yeah. from like the first boss. And you're like, what the fuck is yeah. this? And then the rest of the game, I played a little bit more. And I was like, all right, cool. Once you beat him, you're like, all right, I can like Sifu on. Yeah. With, is oh, it, Sifu is stupid. I love it. But it's, it's hard. But once you get the hang of it, you're like, cool. Them Dark Souls games, like, like bro, they're frustrating as hell at first. Yeah. Because me, I don't have the patience that I used to have to wait. Like... <laughs> Those games are the worst. Like Dark Souls. Develop the skills. No, it's like Elden Ring, for instance, is a game I just refuse to finish because I don't have time. And what happens is I'm playing the game and I get into a, a, a fight and I lose. And then my souls are somewhere down the hall that I go get. <laughs> if I don't get them, I lose them all. And then yeah. I'm mad and I'm like, I'm never playing this shit again. <laughs> if I had the patience, I'd just go back and finish it. Yeah. But I know how long the fucking game is and how difficult it is. I just, I'm going to do it one day. Today's not that day. It's just not, it's not it. Not it. Yeah, no. So it's it's one of those things where it's like, I feel like games in general are, are doing so well. I just want more of these franchises to do what Zelda does. Like, yeah. and, and just make me feel good. Like, I couldn't use another really good Prince of Persia. I mean, they, 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 was, a, they was supposed to reboot the series like three years ago. And they, they just deaded the project. Like a pandemic, probably? No, nah, it was something pandemic. else. There's something else that killed it. I can't remember what. But that I I'm going to get the Star Wars game because oh, of yeah. you and Brian. Um, Fallen Order was great, and I, I yeah. played like an hour of, of uh, Jedi Survivor. Shout out cool. to someone the other day on on Twitter who was like, "This is the most fun I've had a start with a Star Wars game since Knights of the Old Republic." Yo, the Knights and of the like, Old you Republic. Know what? I'm yeah. sold. Yeah. I fucking love that game. Yeah, nice, dude. Nice is it? The, yeah, it is. It's getting remade. Um, nice of the Old Republic. The twist at the end. I was like, to this day, I was like. Oh shit! Oh what my a, god, this is fucking twist. phenomenal. What a twist! What? I, that game is that game is great. But uh, yeah, like Fallen Order was great. The lightsaber battles, everything about it with Cal, the characters is is great. And this one is is just as fun. There's too many good video games now, and I have a bad habit of having too many consoles. And I was like this close to buying a Steam Deck the other day, and I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> I just then you turned fully into Brian. Yeah, it's I was all like, bad. Like I looked at it, <laughs> I had it in my cart. <laughs> And I kept looking at it, and I was like, "If I buy, when when am I gonna play this?" Yeah, <laughs> like I don't like. I think I've shown a few. I've shown Cole like my backlog of video games. It's like a stack of of just shit that I haven't played. I've unplayed PS3 games that I found in my cabinet the other day. They're still in the shrink wrap. I was like, "Wait, I bought this? Never played it." So I gotta stop. If I bought a Steam Deck, it'd be over. Just Why another you go to system. GameStop like every three months. I'd be like, "Yo, where are you at, GameStop?" Yeah, I'll trade in shit. Like people get mad at me. They was like, "You still buy physical copies?" Yeah, I do. I can't help myself. <laughs> I, I can't help myself because my hard drive never has enough room. You still have your DVD collection? I do. Because there's certain DVDs that just aren't yeah. released. You are like a very cleanly 
hoarder. I am. Because your wife does not fuck around with mess. No, she doesn't. But you do hoard a lot of random shit. Yes. So you have like very organized collection of DVDs in your whole living room and then like a side room. It's just just fucking pull out DVDs from 1991 Kung Fu flicks when I'm at your crib. And then you have a very large collection of liquor at your bar and all this stuff. You have a large collection of sneakers in a random ass closet on top of your, like you have your collectibles in your office. Yeah, that are like three My wife gets mad at me because I have books. <laughs> you got a ton. I have you, a, you collect a lot of shit. Like you're a low key, a hoarder, but like the best of them. Yeah. I bought a, like I bought the bookshelf. I've always wanted a bookshelf with a ladder and I bought a bookshelf with a ladder. And then my wife was like, she looked at it because I was like, I want this really bad, a bookshelf with a ladder. And she was like, you have enough books to fill this up. And that's fucking shame. And I was like, what's wrong with you? And I was like, what do you mean? She was like, why do you keep buying books? And I was like, because I like books. She was like, buy Kindles. Like, it takes up less room because when we move, it's, it's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. But I, I love the feeling of a good book. I just, I, I can't read digitally. Like, I have oh, to have I, a book. I'm the king of the ebook. I can't. I, I, like, don't even tell me to read shit if you don't give me a PDF or an ebook. I can't. Like, I have to have, I have to have physical. I just bought, I, I, this is how bad it is. This is how bad I am. What were, what were you talking about in the chat the other day? The Muhammad Ali book? The book. 600, 600 pages. I bought it. <laughs> I'm going to download the PDF. <laughs> I bought it. It's like, it's thick as fuck. And I like, I looked at it and my wife looked at me. He's like, what are you doing with that? And I was like, I'm eventually going to read it. 674 pages. And then she's like, then what? It's going to go on the shelf. And I love a good book on a plane or something. It has to be on my... What's weird is I read the books on my iPad, not my phone. Because it still feels like book size. But just being able to swipe with your finger is like... I like turning pages. Man. You're like, so weird. I'm old, My, my man. daughter's I'm like that, that too. Like, I like books. I like books. And I like how they look on my bookshelf. Yeah, my stepdaughter is the exact same way. Like, she loves, like, a physical book. Yes. I'm like, yo, I have that book. I can send it to you. She's like, okay. I'm like, oh, I'll send it to your phone. No. Like, yeah, you like I got to buy you the same fucking book I already have. So, this, before we get into the UFC stuff, my wife is funny because, you know, my wife's an attorney and, and you know, she works with a bunch of white people. There are other attorneys and deals with, like, Republicans and all these other people. And you've seen my bookshelf. Yeah. And she's like, we can't invite these people to the house. <laughs> intimidating bookshelf. Yeah, it's an intimidating <laughs> bookshelf. Like, she's like, all this black this, black that, conspiracy theories. I have books on, you know, religion and art. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. You know, I got that. sneaker. It's like this, this wild collection of books. But she was like, it's very threatening to people that come. Yeah. Like, my family has and come over. forward face. Oh, yeah. Several books. Because, yeah. again, they're not all in the shelf. You, you prominently portray several. Yeah. And there, you at least have three Malcolm X. I have seven. No, but like forward facing. Oh, yeah, facing. forward facing, yes. yes like yes. <laughs> biographies. Yes. Forward facing yeah, into the liver. You no, don't know yeah. what it's about when you no, go to my yeah, house. Yeah, you go, you go, no. It's, it's Malcolm. It's Malcolm. <laughs> and then it's like Ali. Yeah. It's like the Black Panther Party. And then it's like Transformers. Yeah. So it's like, it's really all putting people like, what are you, what's going on in your house? And well, they got those Autobots. <laughs> yeah, and, and my wife, she's like, I got a bookshelf. And her bookshelf is like just cookbooks. So she don't, she don't be reading she books like that. And I'm like, look at all these. Get these cookbooks the fuck out of here. She was like, well, we got to balance out. How many years of school she went to? She, she never got to read another book in her life. Yeah, but she got she's plenty good. of law books. Yeah. <laughs> she, she's People good. come over to the house and just be like, they look at our bookshelf, and I can tell, like, who's coming over and who's like, uh-oh. It's like, you know, we don't have debate, debates at dinner at the dinner table in my house. Ain't nobody arguing with me for shit. No. No, no. <laughs> Keep shit real lighthearted at your crib. Yeah. Don't bring up politics and religion. They say don't do it at the dinner table anyway, but just don't, <laughs> don't do it at my house. I'll pull a book out on you quick. Oh, uh, Politics, religion, 
90s R&B at your crib. Yeah. Unless you want to be there for five hours. Or old school black movie. Oh, yes. I'm a connoisseur of cinema. Oh, my God. Old school black movie. Everyone. I don't know why. But if you're ever invited to Dre's crib, get together any. Don't bring up old school black movies. We going to be there for six hours. He going. He has all of them. Mm-hmm. He going to pull it out from the shelf, read the back of the booklet. He damn near might put it in several times. Yes, I will put it into the DVD player. I'm like, mid party. I don't care. You don't give a fuck. I don't care. Like, <laughs> I saw Shea Serrano on the other day talking about Blood In, Blood Out because it's like his favorite movie. And he's like, I can't find Is it he- anywhere. Yeah, he loves Blood In, Blood Out. <laughs> and usually, you know, at that time was either Blood In, Blood Out or American Me. You yeah. Pick one. He picked Blood In, Blood Out. Now, Blood In, Blood Out is not on any streaming service. No. I own it. I have like two copies of it. I told him, I, was like, I got a copy of this shit. He's like, really? And I was like, yeah. I, if there's a movie that I love, I'm going to have it. And then I'm going to buy the Steelbook. I'm going to buy the collection. I bought Transformers the movie <laughs> at least seven times. An embarrassing amount of time. And I told you they were going to get you on the new Transformers. They did. They just, as soon as the trailer dropped, you're like, I'm not watching that shit. And then like a week later, well, they, you came yeah, in they the chat. Yeah, they had Unicron, and that, that popped me. Like, they ain't, <laughs> ain't never had Unicron, no Transformers movie. Oh. That means they're following the... And you know the director is Stephen Cables Jr., who I met at Sundance. He directed a movie called The Land that was produced by Nas. He's a black man. Yep. Saying they have a character that's named Mirage, which it's really jazz, but it's not. I'll, like, we could do a whole podcast on Transformers culture <laughs> and shit, but we're not going to do that today. But, no, but again, getting the right director, right person. Yeah, Stephen Cable Jr., he, he's like, I love no that. No disrespect to Michael Bay, but like. No, all the just, disrespect to Michael Bay. He ruined the fucking movie. Just fucking be a producer. Stop making the shit so loud. Oversee it. Yeah. Give it to good people like the Bumblebee movie. Like you the said. Bumblebee movie is fantastic. Yeah, give it to someone else. Let them make a good fucking movie. Be in the background. I hated those transfers. <laughs> this one looks like it might be. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It better be. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
All right, let's switch gears to the UFC. I feel like it was more entertaining talking video games than Bumblebee. But um, UFC 288 happened in Newark, New Jersey. Not to disrespect the UFC's pay-per-view card, but you know what? They disrespect the champion. You know what? I want to start with this. I, was, I did MMA Today with Dean Thomas. Yep. And we had, it wasn't a debate. We had a conversation. We were talking about John Jones and how well he did in his return. Yes. We were talking about the slate of Because the numbers came out. Yeah. We were talking about the slate of UFC cards that were coming up. And Dean asked me, does the UFC have a star problem? I said, absolutely. And he's like, well, he was like, well, they don't rely on a star. I was like, I know. That's the problem. Yeah. Um, because they are so reliant on those, these, the, the core fan base, and there's no competition. So they can do whatever they want. No start to Angela Hill, because I love her. I've, I host shows with her. I think she's great. She's a great person. She's a great fighter. She's headlining UFC fight night next week against Mackenzie Dern. Yeah. Headlining. It's a tough sell. It's a headline. Once upon a time, that would not be. It may be make the prelims. Yeah. And you're selling me cards with, I mean, what was it? A couple weeks ago was what? It was, a, it was a number 10 versus like another 12 was the main event. Was that the Ricky Simone fight? Ricky Simone and Song Dong. Yeah. Uh, the main Before event. Before then, Pavlovich destroyed. They place. just elevated. Don't ask me how this happened. Uh, Maya Bueno Silva is off her fight of Misha Tate. Now Holly Holm is on it, and now it's the main event. Holly Holm hasn't had an impressive performance since she knocked out Betch Correa in 2017. And she's main eventing a UFC fight night. The main event for UFC 280. She has the name, so that's what. She, she's Buster Douglas. She's living off of a one knockout. You can't name a performance since then that has been remotely impressive. No. She outpoints people, but, it, but it's not impressive. You don't remember it? No. But she's main eventing again. You have Irene Aldana versus Amanda Nunez main eventing UFC 289. That's a tougher sell than 288. It's bad. No, it's not even tough. It's bad. The card is bad. Char- Charles Oliveira and Benil Darius is a great fight. But come on, man. The rest of the card is trash. I will tell you, they're still doing quite well in terms of if I compare it to boxing. And again, I'm privy to numbers that most people, so I'm not going to just outright tell numbers. But even cards in my mind that aren't great still do fairly well. No, they have a core. So they have at a this strong core. At this point, it's like, what then is the the incentive? Well, there's there in lies no, the issue, like, right? Um, and I'm not saying there's no incentive because that'd be a lie, but. I think when you come to pay-per-views, you have to be strategic and smart. So I think there's maybe a one every three-month incentive to really fucking crush. And then you're kind of good. Yeah. The days of you having to crush pay-per-view after pay-per-view after pay-per-view, I think might be gone, or fight night after fight night, which is why we see the Apex. They used to travel every week. Mm -hmm. I think those days are gone. The, The days of cutting costs, are more important than bringing in gates and money. Yeah, well, you know, the, the real issue is there's no competition. The real issue is they own 90% of the market share of MMA in globally. Whereas one, Bellator, PFL, nobody cares, right? In the grand scheme of things, people equate MMA to UFC and they think yeah. they're interchangeable terms. It's like, this is very much like the WWE in the 2000s. 100%. Even now, AW, God bless, but well, WWE for the majority of people. But AW, seventy five percent of people wrestling is WWE. Well, yeah, but so so the thing is, is like WWE in the two thousand, they were just completely on cruise control. Yeah. Then 
things started happening. And I feel like it's going to happen in MMA, well, not again. It will happen at some point. In pro wrestling, what happened? People got so tired of the product. We saw Labs fans. It was still doing well, just like the UFC, because they have a core base. People like me watch it every week. But what did we do? We started drifting to the indies. Yeah. We started New Japan, ROH. The only reason AEW exists is because WWE kind of fell asleep at the wheel yeah. and allowed these things to happen. But say what you want, the birth of AEW and the super indies and all that shit made NXT. Kevin Owens would have never got signed to WWE if it wasn't for no. the indie scene. The UFC has no competition. Nobody's pushing them. Like, nobody's... Like, one had a good show. One yeah. actually had a great show. They did. The problem is, they're not coming back to the States no time soon. They can't be consistent with it. Like, if one was coming right back, we, it'd be front of mind. And we'd one watch. is like New Japan. Where now we know it's there, and it's really dope. It's really good. But so you gotta go find it. Yeah, like... Their rule, they use the global MMA rules where you can kick the shit out of somebody. Yeah. They have the Muay Thai fights are, are great. The grappling fights are great. Like, they have a great formula. They judge fights as a whole rather than round by round. They have everything to provide a great alternative. But they're not in the States. Yeah. Regularly. Bellator is Bellator. They tried to, to pinch all the former UFC fighters. They all stink. And then they, they're really going nowhere. PFL just made a signing, a uh, two-time glory kickboxing champion. Phenomenal sign. Uh, yeah, they, they're paying him 140000 UFC was like, nah, we're going to pay you 20 and 20 He's like, I'm going to go to PFL. Yep. You, until you can push the UFC to force them to do better, they're not. The rumblings of PFL trying to buy Bellator had me excited for a while. I don't think those went anywhere. but No, but the UFC is... Crewing up is the way. Again, that's, AEW crewed that's up. That's what I'm saying. You, they took like, yo, who's the best in New Japan? Who's the best in ROH? You got to like, realize. Can we move all this together and then still work with the people who didn't come. Yeah. So if PFL was open to work with one a little bit, like Bellator does the Bellator versus one. The Ryzen. Like, Ryzen. Yeah. Like that was a good. Like if you're open to do little things like this, crew up and then form like this, this mega indie. You just got to get rid of the egos. At a yeah. certain point, because all of them, Chachri from one, Scott Coker with Bellator, PFL, now that Jake Paul's involved as well. At a certain race, FO, at a certain point, you got to say, we're not going to win like this. Yeah. We're just not. So we need to share talent. We got to figure out something. But all I'd say, the UFC does have a star problem because there is not one right now. John Jones is on his way out. Yeah. We don't know when Conor McGregor's going to fight. We don't have a clue. <laughs> no clue. Uh, Ultimate Fighter comes out next week. No clue in the fight. These slate of fights coming up stink. They're not good. Even UFC 290, granted it's on you know, Independence Day weekend, is something we always look forward to. I'm looking forward to Brandon Moreno and Pantoja. I think it's a great fight. It's I'm covering that, but I looked at the card and was like, this isn't international fight it's week not, it's level. It's not huge. Yeah. Like I, I talked to Brandon Moreno today, and here's where I think the UFC drops them all. We've talked about it plenty of times on this show. I asked Brandon, when are you going to fight on Cinco de Mayo? When is there going to be a single? You have three Mexican champions right now in the fourth Going to lose to, to Amanda Nunez, but a fourth yeah. jockeying for position. There's money being left on the table. But on the, the UFC is leaving money on the table actively because they're so comfortable. Dana admitted it, I think, three weeks ago at a press conference. Somebody asked him, he's like, yeah, we fucked up there. We should have did that. Brandon Moreno fighting on Mexican Independence Day weekend would be huge. Huge. Yep. Be huge. Canal ain't going to be around forever. No, but you... And it's a different market. Yeah, uh, we were t me and Dean talked about Tyron Woodley, how they dropped the ball. And this leads me to Aljamain Sterling where we get to UFC 288. There's so much opportunity to push Aljamain Sterling because at this point now, he, he should embrace a full, full Floyd Mayweather character. You can't beat me. Yeah. 
right? So and fuck you gonna hate me. Yeah, yeah, fuck it. Like, I told Aljo, you're the most disrespected champion in the UFC. Eh, I don't know about that. You are. Embrace it. Now, after this fight with Cejudo, which we we're going to talk about, I was like, you don't think you're disrespected now? Wait till you fight their golden boy, Sean O'Malley. You don't think it's bad now? Yeah. It's going to get worse. The best thing you can do is embrace it because you can't trust them to put you where you need to be. You need to be doing sway in the morning. You need to do the breakfast club. You need to be on the shade room. You need to be in a Kevin Hart in the coldest balls. Joe Budden pod. You got to do all, all those that. things. He does say less with Cass. Like I see Aljo yep. there and I'm happy because I connected them a while ago and I'm glad that ended up working out. But they should be everywhere. The UFC don't care. They did Leon Edwards and Kamar Usman. You remember where that fight was at? London. Salt Lake City, Utah. Holy shit. It was. I, yeah, my boy Vince went to Salt Lake. Yo, you had two black men. In Salt two, Lake City. Two black men fighting Salt Lake City in the championship fight. That's Mandingo fight. Salt Lake City ain't asked for that fight. Not at all. It was like, we already got enough black people with the jazz. We don't want to see no goddamn Tyron Woodley and a, a Brit. Why wasn't that fight in Atlanta? Oh, they, I'm, I'm just saying. Sure yeah. Kamar Usman was in Black Panther 2. Did they even mention that he was in Black Panther 2? No, they fucked up there. Tyron Woodley was in Straight Outta Compton. Did they even mention it? Tyron Woodley told us on our podcast. Yeah, we were probably. like, oh, shit, really? Yeah, I was like, oh, that's dope. And then we went and watched it. Oh, shit. And the UFC never, never breathed a word about Kamar it. Kamar was in Black Panther. Yo, motherfucker, speaking. I told Dean Thomas, I said, man's had words. <laughs> My man, he, he wasn't was just speaking. dancing. No. Man's had words. How do you not? That's where the UFC is dropping the ball. The river tribe. You have all the opportunity to create stars, and you're not because you're comfortable in your position. And you look at this slate of fights coming up, and it's like, I'm going to watch them because that's what I do. But I can't call my friend. I can't call Kaz. And I love Kaz. I can't call Kaz and be like, yo, you should watch this Angie Hill, Mackenzie Dern fight. Why? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but you should watch. There's no reason. There's no leverage there. Even though Angie Hill is a great person and a great talent, the UFC hasn't never leveraged her. No. So why did you make sure Johnson went to one? With all her cool, like, fucking cosplay shit. Like, everyone does cosplay now. Yeah. But everybody. Angie was doing it. No black kids, white kids. Everybody does cosplay. There's Cosplay's the hottest shit for the youth. And she's been doing this for decades. Like, you get a feeling. and now I gotta work up all her cosplay stuff. Mighty. Yeah, yeah. If you need anything, I'll text her. Yeah, just, but, um. As we get to UFC 288, as I look, as I was watching this card, which it sucks when you have, because usually you could put on these, these eh, cards and then you have some banging ass fights. You'd be like, all right, cool. This didn't have that. This had one great finish. Uh, they had a couple early in the prelims. And then the main card, Gilbert Burns ends up getting hurt. Yeah. Um, Cron, Cron Gracie's bad. Gracie's he stinks. <laughs> That's not great. Man's, man's, he's Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. right now to the Gracie name. Fam, they rolled on him. Um, Matt Frivola being Drew Dober. Which was surprising. Yes. But he smoked him. Steamroller smoked Dober, which, you know, Terrence McKinney's sitting there going, well, shit, I should be moving up the ranks now as well. Yeah. But you looked at this card, and sometimes I know that Dana puts these matches together, him and Hunter, and they, they figure it out, and they was like, at least we're going to get some banging-ass fights. And they didn't. No. And granted, I thought Cejudo and Aljo was a really good tactical fight, but that ain't the fight that people wanted to see. Nah. I mean, Andrade get rolled. She's done. Quick. She, she's done. It's over. Quick. Wait. Jessica Andrade went for, like, whatever. 2023, like, Father Time was like, I've had it with you. It's a wrap. Aaron she, Blanchfield rolled her, but Jan putting him pause on her? Forget about she's it. She's moved through too many divisions back and forth. 
She has, and she she took a lot of fights on. Well, not a lot. This past year, she's had three fights in five months. Yeah, she needs a break. Yeah, for someone who like cuts weight, doesn't cut, like it, it's a tough task for Bilal Muhammad putting a pause on Gilbert Burns. Well, see, here's what sucks about this short fight. notice again. I do, I don't know what's real. There, there's therein lies the issue. I talked to Gilbert and Bilal before fight week. I asked them both the same question: Why did you do this? Yeah, they both was like, because I'm going to promise the number one title opportunity. Okay. Why are you doing a five-round fight on short notice? Your body hasn't been through a full camp. Or, in the case of Gilbert Burns, your body just went through a full camp. Fam, Gilbert, there was a list of all his injuries that he suffered in this fight. Yo, he's a, he was a mess. Sprained neck, torn left deltoid, torn left trap, torn left AC joint. It's from head to toe. Demolished. In a five-round fight because he took it on a month. And you got to rehab. It was like, oh, I don't need surgery. Got to rehab for three months. Everything. Because you took this a month after, because you thought you were okay. Your body needs rest. You need, you can't cut that much back to back. You can't do this. And now what? Because well, now you lost. Now you back to square one. And, and here's the problem. Bilal Muhammad doesn't come out looking any better. Granted, he's been promised the title shot, right? Yeah. But we don't know when that's going to be. Nope. And Bilal's comfortable waiting. I don't know how much money he has saved up. I hope he has enough. He's going to have to wait. I mean, he was in a cold, man. But Bilal beats Gilbert Burns. And it doesn't look great doing it because Gilbert's compromised. Yeah. In a five-round fight that both of them wanted, I told him, I was like, both of you are nuts. Yeah. I talked to Anthony Smith today. Anthony said, he was like, because it was supposed to be the main event, him versus Johnny Walker. Now they're bumped down for Almedia and, and Rosenstruck. And I asked Anthony Smith, does that bother you? He's like, no, my paycheck's still the same. Why, the, why would I want to fight a 25-minute fight if I don't have to? Yep. I'm going to fight this 15-minute fight. I ain't for a title. These two wanted it. I was like, y'all, stu- like, y'all stupid. Why? And now Gilbert's going to be on the shelf. Bilal is in the same place he was before the fight happened. Chilling. He's still next in line. Yep. And the fans didn't get the fight they wanted. Because that was a fight on paper that we all was like, oh, that's going to be a banging-ass fight. No. And it wasn't. But no. it was one side of because physically, Burns couldn't be. He couldn't be, and it it, it sucked. It's, it's force force the issue. It's, it's I mean it's puppet mastery at its finest because they convinced these two guys to take a five round fight, and that now Gilbert's compromised. Uh, before he gets the main event, you see that Dana White said Kamaev and Kamara Usman can only happen at middleweight because they wanted to fight at a catch weight. Come on, and Dana was like, "We don't do catch weights." Yes, you do. Yeah, we've seen several. But I get what you're saying. You're, we're not doing a castaway for a contender. Kamayev is a contender. But Kamayev has no business at well, middleweight. Kamayev, we don't think we make well. He blew it by nine pounds. We don't believe you, sir. But the UFC, they're going to do what they want to do. And when I say they're going to do what they want to do, they wanted Henry Cejudo to beat Aljamain Sterling. You can't convince me otherwise. And Alja went out there. And I think everybody's learning the lesson about Aljamain Sterling. You watch him on TV, and you go, he's not that good. I can beat him. Right? Peter Jan said it after the first fight. Corey Sanhagen said it. TJ Dillashaw said it. Henry Cejudo said it. But then the lights come on, and you're in there with this long, strong, rangy, not really great at striking, but he no. does enough to make you stay where you're at. And then Harry Cejudo, two rounds in, is like, oh, this sucks. Yeah. It's not as easy as I thought. Aljamain Sterling is like smoke and mirrors. You come in there and you think, because everybody looks at the Marlon race and they go, I can, be, I can do that. 
Yeah, that was an aberration. Aljamain don't get hit clean. He barely loses rounds. I mean, Jan had him dead to rights and then need for no reason. But if you, even if you go back that, Aljo has a decent excuse about the neck injury. Because yeah. he fought the second fight completely different yeah. and won like four rounds and one. Yep. So, so who don't learn the hard way? I, I, said, I thought Sue was going to get strangled. I did. Sudo, he had nothing for Aljo. I thought it was a close fight. I didn't think it was that close. <clears throat> I thought it was. I thought it was a very clear 3-2 for a, Aljo. Sure, but I thought it was a decent swing. I, it was 3-1 going into the fifth. I thought Cejudo won the fifth, so that was the 3-2. Aljo had it wrapped up. Like, yeah. Cejudo didn't get the finish. But I thought it was one of those where, like, Aljo took him down at the right times to end rounds, to secure rounds. But he makes it ugly to the point of, fuck, yeah, I can't, can't do it. If I get overly aggressive, I'm going to trip, fall, or give up my back standing. This motherfucker is going to choke me out. Because I'm closing. That's the unique puzzle of Aljamain Sterling. He's not going to knock you out with his hand. The feet are going to keep you at length and bore you to death to the point where you get overly aggressive to close space with your hands because you're like, this motherfucker's not going to knock me out and are going to end up tripping over yourself or he's going to end up sliding to the side, getting both arms clenched, taking your ass down and choking you out. Henry's wrestling allowed him to survive Yes. And not get tapped. Because Aljo was on his back twice. Two, three times. On his back. Yeah. He was lucky he was towards the end of round. Yep. Where it was like, oh, you're a rat. Like, if he gets O'Malley in those positions. Oh, it's, it's very over. It's over. He gets anyone else in those positions. It's damn near over. Like, Jan is a strong-ass dude. He was able to survive. Yeah. Because once he gets you down there, you see it's current. Because he's ginormous for that division. And then he has a very particular set of skills. He's, he's, um, he's a fighter that you watch him do things, and he's like, that shouldn't work. No. But it does. And against Henry Cejudo, like Cejudo kept, you know, lauding him. Gold medalist, gold medalist, gold medalist. And I was amazed, like, I don't care about any of that. Because when you're an Olympic gold medalist, ain't no fence. I can push you on the fence. I can double you. I can yank you off the fence. There's so many things I can do. Like, Aljo is beautiful at using that fence. To his advantage. And he's big and he's strong. And Cejudo learned really quick. This guy's a lot stronger than I thought. So Cejudo got a takedown, but he was, he was able to do nothing with it. Yeah. Aljo's fantastic off his back. He's long. He's threatening from any spot. He slides so well from position to position. And he's quick to hip escape. Like, there was a hip escape that he did. I was just, and he, and he, he tried to shoulder his way out of it. And Cejudo almost controlled him. You know, and I think commentary was like, threatening the guillotine. No, Cejudo's trying to just control him. Yeah, because he, he's slithery. He gets out. So he's a bad matchup for anybody. Now, Sean O'Malley gets in there. It's like, I'm going to knock you out. You better start him clean. It's easier said than done. Yeah. And the, the one flaw of Aljamain Sterling, there's one very particular flaw that I see in every fight that he does. He does really good in the first two rounds. Somewhere in the third round, he starts telegraphing his shots. Oh, yeah. He so does he this a lot. Sprawl. Yeah, and it gets very robotic. Like, he's going to do it again. He's going to do it again. Then he'll eventually give up and go back to fighting. Sean O'Malley has to catch him in those moments. In the, in the early parts of the fight. Well, that's when he gets a need. 
yeah. to hell or something. Like we, yeah, but he's got to catch him when Aljo's being lazy. I think it's the one part. I think Ray Longo and Matt Cero, they all look at that and it's like he can't do that. Yeah, against Sean O'Malley. But in the first two rounds, if O'Malley's overly aggressive, it's over for him. Oh, he can. Yeah, he can sub. But O'Malley's got really good striking. Uh, can we talk about Marab stealing his thriller jacket though? <laughs> Can we talk about O'Malley having a thriller jacket? Yeah, I don't even know. With no shirt under it, <laughs> no I, don't, I don't know what's going on. That came in fly as a motherfucker. It's the, it's the best part of the paper. It is. And, and Marab just looking. Marab just has the jacket. Just look, I, he climbs the what, cage with the jacket. This guy's point. a maniac. I think, I know what Marab would like to do. Marab is like Aljo's bodyguard. Yeah. Like he wants everybody to fight him first. And Aljo's never got to fight again. I don't think anybody in the division beats Marab. Visifili. Marab. Versus Cejudo is the next fight. It is a great fight, too. Phenomenal. It's, 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 it's going to test Cejudo in ways, pace. Like, the pace yeah. that Marab puts on. Because this Cejudo. ain't a wrestler coming at you. We going at it. This is, the, this is like Demetrius Johnson again. Where he's going to knee you in the ribs. He's gonna, yeah, man. You got to fight that like you fought DJ. Yeah, that, that's... You went for a fight. It's, it's a tough fight. I love to see it because... You know, Cejudo didn't fight a bad fight. Cejudo is what he is. And I've oh, I said this about Cejudo before. I think he's very much been a right place at the right yeah, time type of He's guy. won a lot of close fights. Yeah, and he's been right place, right time. Yeah. Dominic Cruz was kind of washed up. I don't think he beat TJ. You know, I don't think he beat DJ either. But then <laughs> so, he, he beat a sucked-in TJ. Yeah. He beat Marlon Moraes, who's never been remotely the same since then. And TJ was on everything. On everything. Probably and off was, everything. Right. So it's like right place, right time. And I get it. In his head, he was like, let me retire because Connor kind of did the same thing, right place, right time, blew up, and then I yeah. left, and then I get more money, and then Dana was like, I don't care. No. And then he was like, well, Came I need money. And he was like, all right, now you lost. And so was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Fight Marab. Yeah. That's what we all want to see. Going to this week's card to end stuff, we have Anthony Smith, Johnny Walker, who you just touched on. Um, well, Ian Gary is also on this card. Daniel Rodriguez. They've been trying fight. to push Ian Gary, boy. They, they've been trying to figure this out. He's got it. It's not the card to push him, but this is going to be a fun fight. It will. I think he wins. Yeah, I think so, too. And then Anthony Smith, Johnny Walker. I love this fight because Johnny Walker is so volatile as a fighter. One day he shows up, one day he doesn't. Johnny Walker is the clear definition of a front runner. If he can get you, his hands on you in the first round, he's great. Anthony Smith is a fighter. He'll be there for every minute of every round. He got hurt against Magomed Ankalaev, and that was the end of that. He's tried to fight with a broken leg in that fight. He's a maniac. I'm going to pick Anthony Smith by stoppage. I think he'll be able to weather the Johnny Walker storm early. The longer the fight goes, the more it stays in Anthony Smith's favor. And the most underrated part of Anthony Smith's game is his grappling. <sighs> Johnny Walker stops him. Okay. Because I don't, I don't know what Anthony Smith is right now. Like, I don't know motivation. I don't think he's working towards another title shot. He is. Um, uh, light heavyweight's so wide open right so now. It's so wide open. But I think Johnny Walker, the worm is back. Them putting him out on fucking Las Vegas Boulevard yeah. was hilarious. Yeah. He's on kind of a roll again. He's, he's kind of finding who we thought he was. He does it every time, and he always loses. Right when he, we think he's got it. He fucks it up. He does. <laughs> but I feel like this is it. He lost to Jamal Hill. But outside of that, beat Paul Craig, beat uh, 
Kudalaba in there. We now know Jamal Hill is He's the, champ. the champ. So um, the Johnny the Tiago Santos fight was kind of weird and not great. But he beat Ryan Spann. Like, I, I think he's going to find who he's supposed to be. This better be his coming out party. So I'm taking him in this main event, or in this, excuse me, in this co-main event. Main event, Rosenstruck versus Almeida. Almeida by knockout? Almeida by whatever he wants. Yeah, I, I think Rosenstruck has, has hit the wall. Uh, yeah, I think Rosenstruck has hit the wall, and you know that he's got to knock you out early or he has no chance. Yep. Almeida is that guy. I'm saying this now. Sergey Pavlovich and him are the two guys at heavyweight that I would not want to deal with right now. Almeida has a great set of skills in striking, grappling, the wrestling. submission skills are. are I mean, great. but he's got it all. He's fast, he's big, strong. If he gets Rosenstruck out of there in a, in devastating fashion, him and Sergey Pavlovich are like on this this similar course. Yeah, where John is retiring. Before he has to fight either. No, he, John ain't got no interest in fighting. It does either nothing from him. It, no. Absolutely nothing. He's out of here. <laughs> so those, if, if Almeida can get past Rosenstruck striking, he'll su- probably submit him. Mike ground a pound. I don't know what he's going to do to him. But I think Almeida's the goods. There's a reason why he's in the main event. Yeah. They didn't put this as the co-main event. They elevated to the main event. They want to put eyes on Almeida because they know this heavyweight division is in flux. No, I agree. I, I think he's going to make a statement in this fight. It should be really fun. Um, and then... Again, we'll roll into the next week with Mackenzie Dern and Angela Hill. Um, Shabazian. Edmund Shabazian's on the chance. card. They're going to keep trying to push him. Um, Michael Johnson is still fighting. Sure. Crazy. Um, on that card as well. So more MMA to come up next week. Cut in a low before the next pay-per-view. Hey, man, it's good. Next week, we got boxing. The week after that, we got <laughs> Next week, we got, yeah, boxing. And then the week after is all pro wrestling. All, yeah, you guys listening. <laughs> it's so next week we'll have our shows, but like we got all pro wrestling. Forget about it. Nothing but because we got not only we have Night of the Champions too. Yeah, that's a lot of wrestling. So much pro wrestling. AW in Vegas. You got GCW in Vegas. I have like three, four pro wrestling shows. Yeah, I got to put together our schedule for that. Week. It's gonna be insane. It's gonna be so much fun. So we appreciate you all. Thank you for listening to everything this week. Check out our boxing and pro wrestling shows from earlier in the week as well. Follow us on social media at Corner Podcast underscore on Twitter, Corner Club for Life on Instagram. At Corner Podcast on TikTok. Follow our YouTube, The Corner Podcast. Well, for myself, old man Andreas Hell, everyone here at Blue Wire Studios in the Wind Resort in Las Vegas. Thank you all. Enjoy your weekend. We'll be back next week. Till then, we're out. Peace. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.